0: Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon Podcast. This will be third uh, Nephi chapter fifteen. So now Jesus has completed the Sermon on the Mount, or the Sermon to the People in Bountiful. Uh, and so now we'll see uh, how we proceed here. Uh, verse 1. Now it came to pass that when Jesus had ended these sayings, he cast his eyes round about on the multitude and said unto them, Behold, ye have heard the things which I taught them before I which I had taught before I ascended to my father. Therefore, whoso remembereth these sayings of mine and doeth them, him will I raise up at the last day. Why is that? Because we will have become like Jesus. And it came to pass that when Jesus had said these words, he perceived that there were some among them who marveled and wondered what he would concerning the law of Moses. For they understood not the saying that old things had passed away and that all things had become new. And he said unto them, Marvel not that I said unto you that old things had passed away and that all things had become new. Behold, I say unto you that the law is fulfilled that was given unto Moses behold i am he that gave the law and i am he who covenanted with my people israel therefore the law in me is fulfilled for i have come to fulfill the law therefore it hath an end behold i do not destroy the prophets for as many as have not been fulfilled in me verily i say unto you shall all be fulfilled And because I said unto you that old things have passed away, I do not destroy that which hath been spoken concerning things which are to come. For behold, the covenant which I have made with my people is not all fulfilled, but the law which was given unto Moses hath an end in me. The underlying purpose or doctrine of the law of Moses was not being done away with there was still the need to come unto Christ and partake of the atonement. The means or procedures by which men embraced the eternal gospel were were all that were being changed. The covenant which I have made with my people is not all fulfilled. The covenant he was referring to was the eternal gospel, the new and everlasting covenant, those unchanging principles of salvation. That was by Milita McConkie. Verse 9, Behold, I am the law and the light. Look unto me and endure to the end, and ye shall live. For unto him that endureth to the end will I give eternal life. Elder Maxwell said, Patient endurance is to be distinguished from merely being acted upon. Endurance is more than pacing up and down within the cell of our circumstance. It is not only acceptance of the things allotted to us, but to act for ourselves by magnifying what is allotted to us. True enduring represents not merely the passage of time, but the passage of the soul. Verse 10, Behold, I have given unto you the commandments. Therefore, keep my commandments. And this is the law and the prophets, for they truly testified of me. The preceding verses are showing Christ's authority as God and Jehovah. And now it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he said unto those twelve whom he had chosen. So again, he turns to the twelve again. Ye are my disciples, and the word here could also be apostles. And ye are a light unto this people who are a remnant of the house of Joseph. And behold, this is the land of your inheritance, and the Father hath given it unto you. The Nephites are, and Lamanites are promised the Americas for their lands of inheritance. These, this is the heritage of the tribe of Joseph. Verse fourteen, and not at any time hath the Father given me commandment that I should tell it unto your brethren at Jerusalem. Neither at any time hath the Father given me commandment that I should tell unto them concerning the other tribes of the house of Israel, whom the Father hath led away out of the land. This much did the Father command me that I should tell these, uh, that I should tell unto them. And now he's going to quote from John chapter 10, verse 16. That other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And now, because of stiff-neckedness and unbelief, they understood not my word. Therefore I was commanded to say no more of the Father concerning this thing unto them. But verily I say unto you that the Father hath commanded me. And I tell it unto you that ye were the separated that ye were separated from among them because of their iniquity. Therefore, it is because of their iniquity that they know not of you. So I guess if they had asked, they probably would have found out. Verse 20, And verily I say unto you again that the other tribes hath the Father separated from them, and it is because of their iniquity that they know not of them. In the next chapter, we will learn that that there are still other sheep that Jesus is going to mention. Joseph Fielding Smith said, There are many members of the church who think that these lost tribes were scattered among the nations and are now being gathered out and are found through all the stakes and branches of the church. They reach this conclusion because the general opinion is that these tribes went into the north, and it is the northern countries from whence most of of gathered Israel has been found. Then again, explorers presumably have been to the North Pole. They have passed over the pole in their airships, and no land or people comparable to the Ten Tribes have been discovered. Whether these tribes are in the North or not, I am not prepared to say. As I said before, they are lost, and until the Lord wishes it, they will not be found. All that I know about it is when the Lord has revealed, and he declares that they will come from the North. Now, keep in mind that the word North also has some symbolic meaning. And that is that uh, as Israel was sent north uh, into uh, where the Gentiles are, that coming from the north also means coming from sin or coming out of the worldliness. Continuing the quote from uh, Joseph E. Smith, He has also made it very clear and definite that these lost people are separate and apart from the scattered Israelites now being gathered out. If this be not true, then the commission of Moses to the prophet Joseph Smith is without meaning, wherein we read, Moses appeared before us and committed unto us the keys of the gathering of Israel from the four parts of the earth and the leading of the ten tribes from the land of the north. The statement that the tribes are to be led from the north harmonizes perfectly with the words of Jeremiah. And section 133, verses 26 to 34. Surely there must be a time when this great body of people will come to the children of Ephraim to receive their blessings. Uh, it's also possible that they may have already come in the sense that they are joining the church in in, uh, in these Eastern European countries and northern parts of the of the world. Continuing, the, the quote, at their presence the mountains will tremble, they shall smite the rocks and the ice shall flow down. They will bring forth their rich treasures to the children of Ephraim, at whose hands they shall receive the rich blessings which the gospel and its ordinances offer them. Speaking of this, Elder Orson F. Whitney has said, It is maintained by some that the lost tribes of Israel, those carried into captivity about 725 B.C., are no longer a distinct people, that they exist only in a scattered condition, mixed with the nations among which they were taken by their captors, the conquering Assyrians. If this be true, and those tribes were not intact at the time Joseph and Oliver received the keys of the gathering, why did they make so pointed a reference to the leading of the ten tribes from the land of the north? This, too, after a general allusion to the gathering of Israel from the four parts of the earth. What need to particularize as to the ten tribes if they were no longer a distinct people? And why do our articles of faith give these tribes a special mention? Another striking statement uh, pointing to the fact that these people are now in a body in preparation for their return is the statement by the Prophet Joseph Smith at the conference held in Kirtland in 1831. At this conference, the Prophet said, John the Revelator was then among the ten tribes of Israel who had been led away by, Shal- by Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, to prepare them for their return from their long dispersion. The Savior also bore witness that these tribes were in a body like the Nephites, and he would visit them. So just to clarify a couple things, because this, sounds, this makes it sound like the ten tribes are still in a body and that they know who they are. If that were the case, there would have been no need for a restoration of the gospel because the priesthood keys would have already existed among the ten tribes. It's true that it's possible that the ten tribes are all together, but it may be that they just don't know who they are, that they are of the ten tribes. It's like any of us that uh, when we join the church and we receive a patriarchal blessing, we find out that we're of a certain tribe of Israel. Prior to that, we would not have known that. And so I think that uh, that as we are gathering the the twelve tribes of Israel, we're gathering all people, both Gentile and of the house of Israel, together. Uh, that there will there will come a time when the ten tribes will be gathered back home, but uh, it may be that it's just they don't know who they are. Uh, so that's so. It's remember that the, the Israel. Uh, The the scattering of Israel was a universal thing. It wasn't just an isolated incident. Verse 21, And verily I say unto you, that ye are they of whom I said, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And they, meaning the Jews, understood me not, for they supposed it had been the Gentiles. For they understood not that the Gentiles should be converted through their preaching. And they understood not that I said, They shall hear my voice and they understood me not that the Gentiles should not at any time hear my voice, that I should not manifest myself unto them, save it were by the Holy Ghost. James E. Talmadge said, even the Jewish apostles had wrongly supposed that those other sheep were the Gentile nations, not realizing that the carrying of the gospel to the Gentiles was part of their particular mission and oblivious to the fact that there never would, that never would Christ manifest himself in person to those who were not of the house of Israel. Through the promptings of the Holy Ghost and under the ministrations of men commissioned and sent would the Gentiles hear the word of God, but to the personal manifestation of the Messiah they were ineligible. Great, however, will be the Lord's mercies and blessings to the Gentiles who accept the truth. For unto them the Holy Ghost shall bear witness of the Father and of the Son, and all of them who comply with the laws and ordinances of the gospel shall be numbered in the house of Israel their conversion and enfoldment with the Lord's own will be as individuals and not as nations, tribes, or peoples. Verse 24, but behold, ye have both heard my voice and seen me, and ye are my sheep, and ye are numbered among those whom the Father hath given me. And that's the end of chapter 15. I bear testimony that these things are true, and that as we uh, contemplate the lost tribes in, in the next chapter, I want not you come on back to the next, uh, to chapter 16, where I'm going to read a little bit more about the lost tribes and uh, some comments by Elder McConkie and others about uh, where they are and what they're doing and how they're going to return. So stay tuned for that. Come on back. I bear testimony. These things are true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.